0: the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.
1: And welcome into another edition of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I am your host Jordan Schusterman, and I am proud and excited to be joined by just just one one MLB Pipeline expert, Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan, thank you for joining me.
2: Proud and excited. I think you may have oversold this podcast already. <laughs>
1: Well, this is good. We're, we're breaking new ground here. Uh, I have done, I've done one with, with just Jim and now, now we're doing one with just you. This is good. Jim is off gallivanting in Europe um he's in slovakia watching his son pitch for team switzerland which is incredible so it's hard to really fault him uh for not no. making, making making time for the podcast but of course we had uh, to get on here because uh, it is a very exciting week the the futures game uh, is coming up of course the most the average man is excited about the all-star game but here in lb pipeline we are excited of course about the futures game so we're going to be diving into the futures game rosters talking about who we are most excited to see in cleveland uh and then jonathan you are you are uh, Uh, Calling in here from the, the, I guess, the end of the the PDP League um, down in Bradenton, Florida. So you're going to be telling me about what you've been seeing down there. And we have uh, a little interview with Mr. Derek Jeter, who some people have heard of. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that Derek Jeter guy. The prospect. Yes, yes, top prospect Derek Jeter. Uh, so we'll be yes. <laughs> we'll be talking to him uh, a little bit later. as our Jonathan already already in the can already recorded? So you'll be hearing that at the end of the show. But let's get to the futures game, Jonathan. We got the rosters uh, at the end of last week, and now we will will be knowing. Uh, all 50 players that will be going to the futures game in Cleveland that will be uh, held on Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, and I guess first we should start. Uh, it's a slightly different uh, format this year than in years past. You want
2: to give us some information uh, about how it's going to be different? Yeah, they you know from the beginning of, of the from the beginning of the futures game in 1999, it's always been a U.S. versus the world format, uh, which always led to some. Uh, Challenging decisions in terms of trying to get as many countries uh, represented as possible, and and things like that. And they've now switched it to AL versus NL, uh, which I applaud. I actually think that's a good idea. Um, I you know obviously still try to get in as many international players as possible to to reflect the the global nature of the game. Um, but I like I like this format better, and I think it'll be more fair um, and you're more likely to have even more equitable teams. And the only other real change are, you know, they're only gonna be playing seven innings. Uh, I'm not as in love with that as I am the AL versus NL. Um, and the game is shifted to prime time. It's on at night after the softball game, uh, which I'm sure is part of the reason why they switched to seven innings. Um, but yeah, that's, so that, those are the changes, uh, in, in a nutshell. Yes, indeed, and obviously it's just
1: less baseball is less fun. It's not a, not a complicated uh, reason why. We... Yeah, I mean,
2: there's, there's still 10 pitchers and right. in seven innings, so there's going to be a lot of pitching changes. Let's just let's leave it. That it.
1: was the thing. I, I was wondering if they were going to be doing smaller rosters or fewer pitchers, but it does look like the rosters uh, are about the same, and uh, as always, um, these, these rosters are, are pretty, pretty stacked. Uh, I believe I saw uh, 30, yeah. 37 uh, of the top 100. Uh, I'm not sure if I got that exactly right, but um, – yeah, 30, 37 yep. of the current LB pipeline top 100 will be uh, in this game, which is obviously very, very exciting. And so let's start, I guess, at the very, very top. Uh, we will be seeing Wander Franco, uh, the number one overall prospect in baseball, representing the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, I guess the first question I have uh, is, do we think that he will... Steal the show. Um, immediately it'll be clear, like, oh, my God, this is why this guy's the number one prospect in baseball. Um, we've had that over, over the last few years. We, we know Mancata had had a kind of moment like that. Um, what, what do you, what do we expect from Wander Franco here
2: on, on his first big stage? Yeah, because him hitting five fifty in his first five games and going to the Florida State League isn't enough. Right. Uh, to submit his place as a number one prospect. And hey, Listen, it,
0: it,
2: yeah, of course I think there's a very good chance. And one of the things that is so great about this game is he's going to be facing older and more advanced pitching, uh, and it's going to, that'll be a good challenge. Now it's such a small sample size; he may get he may only get two at bats. Um, you know, so whether he you know, sort of steals the show remains to be seen. I am very excited to see him in person. Um, I'm actually, you know, as I'm here in Bradenton, uh, the uh, Port Charlotte Stonecrabs are playing the Bradenton Marauders down the road. So I may try to get a sneak peek at him ahead of time, Um, uh, time permitting. uh, You know, after covering a doubleheader in the PDP League, um, you know, uh, the energy level is waning a little bit, but I would like to see him play. Uh, I am very excited. Uh, You know, this is a guy that we're going to be talking a lot about. And even if he doesn't do anything in the Futures game, uh, we're going to talk a lot about him, uh, you know, He'll probably be in double-A next year still as a teenager. Um, he's that good, uh, and he's showing, uh, you know, that he's that good with what he's done this year. And he kind of graduated, graduated his way into the number one spot, um, which is fine. Um, but the guy's hitting three thirty-five with a nine forty-five OPS, and he's got 15 steals. And he moved up to the Florida state league. Like it was nothing small sample size, but yeah, he's right. the guy I think everyone should circle and be like, because no one, no one has seen him really in, in person, unless they happen to catch a, a Midwest league game. <laughs> exactly. Game that maybe they saw, but exactly. uh, very few people have seen him play in person. And uh, so that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, yeah, and like you
1: mentioned, uh, sure he's hitting 500 in the Florida State League, but no offense to the FSL, not not the highest attendance numbers. So, so not a lot of people actually getting to to see those games quite yet. Uh, and while he torched the Midwest League and then the Appalachian League, those are the smaller crowds. So I'm very excited, yeah. certainly, to see Wander Franco on sure. the big stage. Um, His batting average is higher than the average attendance. <laughs> oh, that's that's a, that's an easy. I'm not I'm not even sure how much that's saying honestly, but <laughs> okay. um, we don't
2: know. Uh, yes, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, but, we, but we don't have. We, we're, we're not here to talk about Florida State League attendance, believe it or not. No, um, but but okay. If it's not Wander Franco, he's the obvious pick. If you had to give one other guy who could maybe steal the show, I know we have some repeat performers. Joe Adele uh, was a huge name at the game last year, who will be uh, back. Mm-hmm. Carter Keyboom as well. Um, so, I mean, those guys the future game veterans. But if you could pick another name that could kind of break out and be the guy that everyone's like, oh, my God. Uh, Taylor Trammell, obviously, was the, the MVP last year. He'll be back again this year. But g- give me another name that could, could steal the show. Only one, huh? It's, it is hard to pick. Um, it is, I, obviously, there, there's a million to choose from, yeah.
2: I'm trying hard not to, uh, to pick it, you know, pull a callus and pick multiple. This is a really it's, – it's funny because you would think that, our, you know, that like the top 100 is, is weakened we've had so many graduations at the top and yet so many top 100 guys are going to this game. Right. So that's right, exciting. Right, right. So if I'm going to pick one guy, I think I'm probably going to pick Luis Robert, mm. the White Sox. Yep, good pick. Um, and it's kind of like I'm not really going out on a limb here. He's now our number five prospect overall. He's got 15 homers and 25 steals, and he's hitting 351 uh, between the Carolina League and, and the AA Southern League with an OPS of over 1,000. You know, this is a guy who, when he signed uh, in May 2017, he signed for $26 million. Uh, so obviously, he was very highly regarded. The tools are unbelievable. And then he couldn't stay on the field. He had he had some nagging injuries. Um, but the end of the Arizona Fall League, when he came back, he started to show what the fuss was all about. And then he's just hit the ground running, figuratively and literally, um, this year. And he hit 450 in the Carolina yeah. League. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I guess we better promote him. Right. Right. Just, That's pretty good. Um, And he's only 21. Like it's, it's not like he's older. Mm -hmm. So I think from a pure, like all around game tool standpoint, I think he is the guy who uh, is the kind of guy you'll watch and be like, wow, that he may be the most exciting guy on the field when he's on the field.
1: Yeah. And I remember uh, when he signed two years ago, uh, the great Jesse Sanchez uh, had in his story had had a, a quote from some source that literally called him the best player in the world <laughs> which at the time was like well this is probably a little bit crazy hype which is it happens with a lot of young right. players okay. right okay. all right I mean, yes. now though I mean again I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give Mike Trout the title for a while but he is clearly at least looking like one of the best players in the minor leagues for sure uh, so
2: I am very excited to see him well, and he can do like he does all the things Mike Trout does. Right. You know? Right. You know, he's got a great arm. He's a good fielder. Maybe not quite as good a fielder. He can hit with power. He can run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he can do all of it. Yep. You know, and he's just in Double A now, so this is going to be a very exciting stage for him. Well, what about you? Do you have you know? You can't ask the question without having. Oh, that's true. Having an that's
1: interview. true. Okay. Well. Well. Uh, Louis Froward is is definitely a, an easy an easy pick. Um, I would say, yeah. uh, but but a good pick, a good pick nonetheless uh, of, of the hitters, and we'll, we'll get to we'll get to some pitchers uh, in a second. But of the hitters, um, I'm definitely excited to see uh, Christian Pache. Uh, I think he he's a guy yeah. who uh, I know with the you know Braves fans were we spoiled with, with how amazing Acuna was basically immediately. And to think that they have another uh, similar type player, uh, maybe not quite the offensive impact, but uh, amazing center fielder and, and the offense is really coming on uh that is that is something that it's, it's crazy to think that they have another guy in that mold already coming but i'm definitely excited uh, to yeah, see him
2: they have a third guy who didn't make this this game oh, that's, so
1: that's yeah. that's true are, are you referring to uh, i mean we're not talking about we're not going to do futures game snubs now but i, I
2: think i know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is but true waters is also really really good so yeah the the uh, it's an embarrassment of riches for uh, for the Braves, for sure.
1: Definitely, it could, it could have been a toss up. It could have been either of those. Waters was was just as deserving uh, as well. And then and then another guy who who maybe is not quite as acclaimed, but uh, I'll say, I'm, I'm a big Isan Diaz guy, a uh, Marlins uh, second base prospect. I remember Good. seeing um, a lot of uh, a video of him in spring training. It's uncanny to Robinson Cano, which is crazy uh, high praise, but it, it looks like an unbelievable Robinson Cano impression. So uh, I'm excited to see, see him as well. I don't
2: think that's accidental, by the way. <laughs> I think, no, no, I think he's modeled the swing and all that. Um, it's been very nice to see him kind of putting it together this mm-hmm. year because he's always had talent. He hit 20 homers in his first full season, but the rest of it has kind of been, it's been weird. Not yeah, great. It's been up and down. Yeah. Like, it didn't, like really low average. And like, I know batting average is what it is, but if you're like a really, really good prospect, you should hit in, in the minor leagues. Now, he's in triple a um, in the pcl everyone, everyone hits him and everyone hits him in <laughs> triple right. a but what i like is that the strikeouts aren't terrible he's you know he's getting on base and the power is is showing up so yeah i think that's a good i, mean, I had like listen we could go up and down my sort of sleeper guy is jared kelnick mm. uh, i almost went with him like if you were to go sort of like two different tiers like the Luis Robert is, you know, one of the best prospects in the game, so that's not a surprise. Jared Kelnick um, is really, really good. I mean, for a guy from Wisconsin to get promoted in his first full season is insane. Now, he's yet to find his footing in the California League, but he will. Um, And he's got 13 homers and 11 steals uh, on the year, just looking up his stats. So he's the guy that kind of like – I could see him understanding the sort of setting and picking a pitch and swinging out of his shoes and and, and that sort of
1: thing. So I think yeah, and uh, I I like that you mentioned you know a, a kid from Wisconsin. By the way, as a Mariners fan, I was just trying to not be biased in Eric Kelnick. But uh, Obviously, for uh, I mean, for I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. But I am excited to see him. But but uh, you mentioned uh, he's from Wisconsin. We've got three Wisconsin, Wisconsinites, Wisconsiners uh, in this in this futures game, alongside uh, Dalton Varsha, the D-backs catcher, uh, and Gavin Lux, yeah. uh, the the Dodgers shortstop. So maybe maybe we have a surprise, shocking baseball powerhouse state coming. Maybe
2: it's Wisconsin. Yes, seriously, it's a hotbed. It a is hotbed. a hotbed.
1: Cole, Gavin uh, Lux,
2: Gavin Lux is also really, really good yeah. and way ahead of where he should be based on.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure how well we could call Wisconsin hot, uh, but but it is, it is <laughs> some level over Yes, 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 exactly. But yes, so uh, so that's that's good showing uh, from from Wisconsin there. Uh, so let's, let's talk about some pitchers. We, we've we've barely mentioned any pitchers. Uh, so yeah. so let's let's obviously the fun of the futures game is who's going to throw really hard. And there's a very obvious uh one name that we know is going to throw very hard, and that is Mr. Nate Pearson. Of the Toronto Blue Jays, who I believe in the ball league hit 104 uh, and was was taken out to center field by by Pete Alonso. Um, Pete Alonso. Uh, I don't think uh, Nate Pearson will be pitching Pete Alonso in the home run derby um, this year, but if he would, obviously that would be some serious fireworks. So we know Nate Pearson is going to throw hard. Um, is there anyone else who
2: we think could throw as hard as, as Mr. Pearson? Now, to be fair, that was 104, but it was Arizona, so it was a dry heat. Mm, okay, um, okay, true, true, true. Whew, of the guys looking through the pitchers, I mean, I think I, I mean especially in one inning, I think you're going to see Luis Patino with the Padres mm-hmm. crank it up. I think you'll see Sixto Sanchez uh, crank it up pretty good because it's one inning, uh, and then Davy Garcia uh, from the Yankees is probably another guy who's you know he's this undersized guy who we probably get more complaints, I guess, from uh, from Yankees fans. <laughs> that he is not yet on the top 100 and I'm checking because he is on the next list of extras. I needed to make sure that he actually wasn't, uh, no. Okay. He'll get added very, very soon. I'm fairly certain, but he's a guy who can, who can crank it up there again. And, and I mean, all these guys are going to throw, throw hard in one inning, not all these guys. I mean, but Leo, you know, Matt Manning, you know, probably hit upper nineties in one inning. So, I think that um, they're, you know, that's that. You're right. That is that is part of the fun. And then every once in a while, a guy comes in. You're like, he's going to throw hard. and He starts pitching backwards. Just like <laughs> I was like, that's not fair. Come on, throw the fastball. That's what people right. want to see. Right. But but uh, does make it enjoyable.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, and I guess is there one arm who maybe because of their off speed stuff or because of their background or something that is there is there one pitcher that you're you're excited to see not just because of the
2: heat. Well, I mean, how could we not want to see Mackenzie Gore? Yeah, um, I know. And Jim's not even he, here. But still. I know. I know. I feel like fi- I usually just defer to him <laughs> as if he's got some, like, bizarre trademark, uh, uh, you know, and it's creepy, really. But um, it's just, you know, I think because last year was not a lost year for for Mackenzie, but, um, you know, the blisters really – he wasn't who he is. And now he's showing who he is and he's absolutely ridiculous. Um, So, you know, I, I'm sort of circling him. If I were picking, he would start for, for the national league. Um, I'm not sure who my American league starter would be. Uh, There isn't a Cleveland pitcher. So um, there isn't, there isn't, I don't know, maybe I let Pearson start just, that out of the way although bringing a guy like that in in the middle of the game to crank things up is, is always fun right right and and i guess uh we
1: mentioned this now uh we're, we're recording this uh on, on on tuesday tuesday evening but uh i guess we'll see what happens with brendan mckay who we just saw made his his major league debut um, he's already been replaced already been replaced oh yes yeah. by, uh by chris buba of the Royals. i didn't even see that all right so there you go great breaking wow. news to me so there you go so the royals will get another pitcher alongside uh brady singer uh, which is which is going to be uh, very cool. If I had to pick uh, one arm, uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, D.L. Hall uh, has really kind of come on, but Bo- both of the the, the Orioles arms. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that, uh, but I know, but, I, but honestly, uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see them too. And I'm I'm a big Ian Anderson guy, uh, so I'm excited to see what he's the kind of guy that you I can love- see pitch backwards and do some weird stuff. He- <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's been interesting to see him this year. I mean, he just came off. He threw seven no-hit innings in his last start. And, yeah, he's got – I mean, he's got plenty of stuff. So, it's not like – he'll run it up to 96. Mm -hmm. Maybe there will be a tick or two more because it's one inning. Um, He's been missing a ton of bats. And, actually, his walk rate is higher this year. But he's been dominant in double-A. I mean, considering he's from, like, upper New York State. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's young and so young, the fact that he's – where he is 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 impressive. Yes,
1: yes, Ian Anderson. You're just well, speaking of embarrassment of riches uh, with the Braves, we didn't even talk about <laughs> any of those pitchers. Um, but he is definitely an impressive guy. Uh, so the last uh, little uh, before we, before we make our official predictions about who's going to win the seven innings futures game, which is obviously something that you can definitely predict. <laughs> Reasonably okay. well. Uh, I want to kind of talk, you know, talk about the, the biggest names, the, the biggest stars that we're most excited for. Uh, but there's always some guys uh, on this on this futures game roster that even the, the biggest prospect hounds uh, maybe don't necessarily recognize. So maybe uh, who's a guy that you're you're curious about, or a guy that are you're kind of surprised to see? Not because they don't deserve it, but because it's like, wow, where where did this guy come from, and now he's in the futures game?
2: Hmm. That is a
1: good question. Uh, I have one. I have one if you want me to
2: you go first. I'm, 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 well, you know what? I'm going to go with Sam Huff. Oh, okay. Good, good pick. Uh, Our former podcast guest. uh, Right, right. And I'm not picking him just because he's a friend of the podcast. (laughs) I think it's, it's to to me, that's like a really interesting combination of a guy who is not well known. He's number 21 on the, on the Rangers top 30. Um, He's always had power, you know, and he was just going off in, uh, in low A. And he just, you know, he's been now up in, in the Carolina League for a while. The average has taken a little dip, but he still has 21 homers on the year. Like he, it's to me, it's like this really interesting combination of a guy mm-hmm. who's unknown, relatively unknown, and deserves, right. and definitely deserves to be there. It's not, um, like, you see, I'm not, I'm, not even gonna, I'm not even going to sort of comment on certain guys on this Futures game wrestling, but, like, all-stars in general, you know, every team has to be represented. And sometimes you're like, that guy's an all-star? Uh, and that, right, happens. Right, right. You know that happens. And, like, the thing with Huff is that, like, he belongs. Like, he absolutely exactly. belongs based on the year he's he's had and and the position he plays. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think he's going to be a fun one. Even to watch him take BP will probably be fun.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely some of the best. Uh, obviously, as he's, he's shown here, some of the best raw power uh, in the class. Now, who, who, you're not maybe the BP is not going to be as exciting, um, but definitely a year ago, you never would have expected this. Is Sharon Duran with the Boston Red Sox? And now I know uh, he this is a, an outfielder who the Red Sox don't yeah. necessarily have uh, the deepest system of prospects uh, to, to pick from. Uh, but Duran was was a seventh round pick. A year ago he he's barely he's he's played i, I believe uh, uh 142 minor league games um but this year and, and last year in, in short season ball in low a was just hitting ridiculously well and this year he started the carolina league basically hitting 400 for like a month um and now he, he's in double a he's been struggling uh, so far in double a um but understandable but, totally understandable but like i i crazy i had barely heard of jaron duran a year ago let alone uh, to imagine him in the futures game so so that is definitely a guy that i'm I, sure maybe he's not going to put on his own bp but uh definitely a skill set that maybe could surprise the people in games and he's on the red sox so it's not like they're, they're still going to be red sox fan they're going to be paying attention to him and, and maybe learning his name
2: yeah absolutely that's a, good, that's a good pick yeah he he is interesting he went so you know when a guy has a good pro debut out of college you kind of think Okay, but let's see. Like, he went to Long Beach State. Um, For those guys, I think the transition to, you know, the lower levels is not so Mm -hmm. tremendous. And you see a lot of guys have success. And then, all right, well, let's see what he does in the first full year. And then he comes out in the Carolina League and and is as good, if not better, and gets bumped up. Now, let's see how he finishes double-A. But I think, you know, you have to give a guy some time to, to make adjustments like that. So, yeah, I like that one.
1: Yep, and uh, he hit three eighty-seven in 50 games with the Salem Red Sox, which is which is obviously uh, reasons to be uh, promoted. Uh, all right, uh, Jonathan. Before we move on to uh, our, our discussion about the, the the PDP league that you've been enjoying, we got we got to make our picks. It's it's this is right. important. Everybody everybody needs to know. Um, who who you got? AL versus NL. A lot of talent on both sides. Only seven innings. Um, last year we had what eleven home runs. It was it was totally chaos. Uh, but but who you got? Who you got in this year's 2019 Futures game? This is obviously a very silly exercise, so don't think too. Oh, much. Great.
2: I'm really no. I have a
1: whole algorithm I'm, I'm working <laughs> so on good. right
2: now. You're running the models. You're running the models. That's good. I'm lucky. I'm, I'm lucky if I can spell the word algorithm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw caution to the wind, and I'm gonna pick the National League to win. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, st- I'm
1: sticking with the AL. i um, L. I'm sticking with the Fight and Wander Francos, uh, but I hear you.
2: And that's not at all why I picked the National League. I didn't. You know, I figured we can't just both hmm. pick the American League. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, in a game like this, especially in seven innings, uh, I mean, it, they've got some pitching. You know, we you're, we already talked about Gore and Anderson. I mentioned. Sixto Sanchez, I think Luis Patino in a short stint is going to that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know. And then I think they have some guys with some ridiculous power. Um, so I think what's going to happen is they got to get a couple guys on and a Nolan Gorman or an Alec Baum uh, or or a Nissan Diaz. Tip of the cap to you. Um, <laughs> put a couple runners on, and that's going to that's going to do it.
1: Yeah, well, give me a Will Craig grand slam. Why not? I mean,
2: anything's possible. I didn't want, you know, when I get accused of being a homer <laughs> a lot, uh, since, he is a, since he is a pirate prospect, I opted not to mention. Wow, Will Craig. well, I'm excited
1: to, to watch Will Craig, just as you're excited to watch Jared Kelnick. All right, enough futures game chat, even though there's no such thing as enough uh, futures yeah. game chat, but obviously yeah. we're very excited about that. But you are still in Bradenton, uh, and before we, we see it at the futures game, uh, you are you are at the, the the PDP league, and we talked a little bit about it uh, on on last week's show. Um, with with Jim, who was down there, but now you've been down there uh, for a few days. And and uh, and what's it been like? What what have you seen? What's been who? Maybe some guys have stood out, or what's been
2: what you expected or surprised by?
1: Uh, how's it been? It's
2: been um, it's been hot. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It this is a great league. Like I think this is like a great idea. Uh, all the players that I talked to. Uh, They have all just gotten a tremendous amount out of it because it's not just like, you know, there's a huge benefit for for scouts to get to see players for this lengthy a period of time. You know, at best, the summer showcase, like the area code games or Tournament of Stars, which now no longer exists, was like four or five days. And that was like terrific. Now you're seeing them over the course of, you know, three weeks of practice and then games and, Really getting a sense of who can do what against really good competition. It's not the be all end all. Um, and some of the guys, you know, like are come in as top guys and they've held their own. And then some guys have put themselves on the map. Ironically, uh, I was really excited to come and see Austin Hendrick. I think we talked about him last week when Jim was down here. He homered twice, doubled twice. I was excited. He's from Pittsburgh. And he has uh, done virtually nothing this week. Um, so, although he did have he did have a base hit and hit the ball hard a couple times today, so I, I was like, "Come on, dude!" But uh, I did <laughs> I did talk to him a little bit about you know about Pittsburgh, and I'll get to see him again that's good. The Still um, worth the trip, Ben. Worth the trip. Worth the trip just for that. Um, you know, I think some of the names like today, Jared Jones, who's thought to be one of the top high school arms, although he is sub six foot. Um, So we'll see. It was really interesting because he actually – he got nicked up a little bit in his first inning, gave up a couple runs, and then he came out and just looked ticked off and struck out the side I'm like, on 12 pitches. I'm like, okay, so now I understand. (laughs) (laughs) So so that was good. Um, Guy that really stood out – for me, the pitchers have been ahead of the hitters largely. Um, One other hitter, Dylan Cruz. He looked. He's looked good, but hadn't done much. And he 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 uh, he homered the other day. It was like a line drive, hundred mile an hour, uh, to left center. So that was good to see. The guy that I think like people, two guys that people probably didn't know as much about coming in, who've helped themselves out. One is Cam Brown from Texas. Um, the other day, uh, they thought rain was coming, and so they moved the later game, and they played two games simultaneously on adjacent fields. And the amount of scouts that just were continuing to swell behind home plate when Brown went through his three innings, he was up to 95, uh, plus slider. Um, he's got a change up too. He showed it like it's not a bad one. He didn't use it that much. But this wasn't a guy that I, you know, I, not that I we were so locked into the 2020 draft class, but he was not a guy that um, had gotten, that much attention, and I'm like, I think people are going to pay attention now. He's big and strong, um, and he was lights out uh, in 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 the inning. And he he'll pitch backwards. Like there was one uh, at bat, he started off with two straight sliders for strikes, and then climbed the ladder with a, a fastball to get a swing and miss. And uh, and I thought that was impressive because so many of these guys back at home, even in Texas, just throw fastballs. Um right. can live off cause you can. Right, because he can. Um he loves he said he likes his slider and when it's on, he's not afraid to do that. And the other guy was a guy I saw today. His name is Carson Swilling. He's from Alabama. And he just started pitching a year ago. <laughs> and then here he is in this PDP league. And Incredible. he threw eight and he threw eight shutout innings and struck out eleven. They let him go yep. eight. Wow, I didn't know anyone was throwing no, no, eight. No, 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 not, no, not today. Over three. Over oh, three over three. Outies. I was going to say, I was, I was three, getting really excited. Three, three, and two. Okay, well, and, still, still, very impressive. He, I mean, I was watching him today, and then someone told me, he just started pitching a year ago. I'm like, what? And he literally didn't have a breaking ball. And he's like a week before coming to the PDP, <laughs> he was like, you know what? I really need, I need a curveball. Like, <laughs> I can't Ugh. just throw my fastball. So he threw nine innings in for his high school team this year. He'd been an outfielder, and then he started pitching. Oh, and, like, I'm reading reports about him, like, oh, you know, he's got a, a live and fresh and obviously healthy arm, um, but he's really unpolished. I'm like, I don't know. He looked pretty polished to me. So it's, like, one of the benefits of this league here is, like, he got to work with all these former big leaguers and scouts who are on the staff. Yeah. And, and so he, he came in with having filled with, a, like, a, a little bit of a curveball in, in his backyard and, and came here and continued to work on grips and just his routine and getting it ready in the bullpen. It's, it was good. Um, it's a little slurvy, uh, but he likes it that way. He's, he kind of changes it up depending on the count and the hitter to make him, he calls it a curveball. It looked more like a slider to me because the power to it today, but I'm like, this is like a crazy story. Like, <laughs> well, I just, uh, yeah. whatever. I just started pitching a year ago, and now I'm going to dominate the best high school hitters in the country. Well, also, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass
1: for maybe not knowing what pitch he's throwing if he just started doing it a week ago, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, or or I guess a week before he he got there. And you know what? You even said that like he changed the his grip in like he's like I changed my grip mid pitch. <laughs> like, okay, I don't think, I don't think you meant that. But he changed it like in while he was on the mound. He's still sort of figuring it out. Amazing. Um, so I'm going to see what he does. You know, one of the things that's going to be uh, difficult uh, for scouts is he lives kind of in like my understanding is like kind of rural Alabama. Yeah. The level of competition in Alabama in general isn't very yeah. good. So to evaluate how he pitches. Um, you know, there, it's going to be interesting. You know, he's committed to Auburn and he's going to have the chance to play both ways at Auburn, but he's not, there are guys here who are doing both here, Right. but he's not, one, he's not one of them. So he's not really a pro prospect as a hitter, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a feeling people are going to be paying attention to him as a pitcher now.
1: Wow. that is a great, set, so Carson Swilling. Is that, is that, Swilling. Swilling. Yes. Love it. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh So I guess, and the, the last thing is uh, I, I know, um, uh, we will be seeing some of these guys uh, in Cleveland uh, at the the, their, yeah. the the best of the best. I believe forty of the, of the best players will be will be going to, to Cleveland. So we don't have those rosters yet, um, but that's obviously going to be a pretty pretty cool event to see the best of the best on on, on one field, right? Um,
2: yeah, I mean it's like if anyone w- enjoys you know the uh, Under Armour the Perfect Game, right. they're all American games. Right. It's going to be a lot like that, um, and you know. Uh, these guys have been with each other for the last few weeks, so they really right, like, know right, each right. other well. I mean, they you know, they keep the standings here, and they're like we're fired up when one of the teams clinched playing oh, in the great. championship. So, like, uh, no, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And then the, there will be a group from there that will participate in the mm-hmm. high school home run derby, which is now sort of a, a mainstay of All-Star Weekend, and I will be broadcasting both of those things. So, There you um, go. Yeah, yeah. Like all so. right. Well, looking looking forward
1: to that. Uh, all right. Well, well, we only have one thing left, uh, Jonathan, which is that uh, earlier today, uh, you you got to speak to one Mister Derek Jeter, who is very much involved in this PDP league, and, and you don't have to tell us exactly. Obviously, you're about to hear it here on the podcast, the uh, conversation. But but I guess first, you give us a background about what he's doing there uh, exactly. Sure.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, so there are the there are four kind of team captains. They're all former major league greats. So there's Team Larkin, Team Jones, Team Howard, and Team Jeter. And Ryan Howard and Chipper Jones and Barry Larkin had all come in, spent time with, uh, with the players, spoke to them as a larger group. Um, today, Derek Jeter did that and kind of just made it a large Q&A session. I was so impressed with the high schoolers because I've been in too many situations with teenagers and you're like who has questions and nobody says anything and they could not they could not raise their hand fast enough they understood what an opportunity it was and and Jeter spent the entire day uh you know like with all the teams watching them during BP he was in the dugouts of all the teams you know not just his team Jeter um and so you know you'll hear in the interview uh, you obviously Scott Brocious who's helping oversee the, uh, USA baseball's 18 and under program, um, is the one who, who made the call, uh, to, to, to get Jeter here. And for me, it was really kind of fun. as just a total personal aside because in Derek Jeter's rookie year, I was a very fledgling reporter at the New York post. Um, and some of the first times I ever got to set foot in a major league clubhouse, uh, was in 1996, when it, was, wow. when it was Jeter's rookie year, so I feel like um, uh, you know I sort of fall, you know, progressed in my career as he progressed in mine. He <laughs> he outperformed me by a little bit, but we have similar hairlines. It's it's close, honestly, it's close. I'm
1: sure he he remembered you from your from 1996.
2: Oh, absolutely. We did a kid reporter thing with him, and uh, must have been a couple of years later. Actually, that uh, when, yeah. once I was at MLB.com, so I think 2000. I got a kid reporter thing, you know, to come and do a Q&A with him. And I'm sure he remembers every single question.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, you, you, did, you did get to speak uh, to Twitter today, which is very, very cool. Uh, so before we send you that interview, uh, Jonathan, thank you for joining me. Uh, I will see you in Cleveland. Very much looking forward to Can't it. Wait. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so for Jonathan, uh, I am your host, Jordan Schusterman. And enjoy uh, this conversation with Derek Jeter. We will talk to you guys
2: next week. All right, Derek, first, how did this come about? You know, Tell us a story about how you, know, you were approached to, to come down here and spend some time with these kids. Yeah,
3: you know, Scott reached out to me. This was probably a couple months ago, and, and um, you know, talked to me about his involvement and, and asked if I'd be willing to be a part of this, and it was a no-brainer. I mean, you talk about growing this game, and, uh, you know, I'm obviously biased, but it's the greatest game in the world, and, any opportunity we have to help grow it um, and to give these kids an opportunity that they have now i'm all for it so it
2: was it was an easy answer for me you talked to to the kids this morning uh and i was i was impressed with just how many i've been around and kids sometimes are a little shy they were firing questions there were you impressed with how that they handled themselves and and firing questions at you yeah no question
3: and, and i'm getting more questions now so i'm looking forward to spending the rest of the day out here but um very inquisitive you know, one thing you can do is you can learn from players that have played this game we have a lot of experience and you know I come from an organization that uh, had a lot of ex-players around and you value their opinions you value their insights so it's, it's fun to see that they are asking a lot of questions
2: one of the things you said is that obviously when you were in high school nothing like this in <clears throat> the, the showcases have blown yeah. up long since after you. do you look around this and you feel a little envy that you know you wish you had had this when you were coming through and and yeah, tried to uh, yeah. let them know like how lucky they are to have That's this no
3: drafted if this was around when I I was coming up. So, I mean, the the competition level, the platform that these kids have now to showcase their abilities, and uh, something that uh, I'm I'm sure they're all spoiled, but uh, spoiled in a good way. So, they have a huge opportunity here, and and everyone seems excited to be here.
2: One of the the great benefits, I would imagine, especially from your your gig now with the the Marlins, is that... The, the learning curve isn't quite as steep it seems it seems that high school players are entering the pro game and seem much more prepared to as, as rough as minor league travel and all that can be that they seem more more ready have you, you know, have you noticed that with some of the kids that you've brought into the Marlins organization since you've been there yeah, no
3: question I think the competition level
2: um, the exposure that these kids have to um,
3: you know not only just playing in their own cities or states but around the country in these tournaments you know anyone that says that the the players aren't more advanced now than they were years ago is lying to you because it's pretty impressive when you get an opportunity to watch these kids on a daily basis
2: and just see how advanced they are yeah, like you sort of talk to them about your, your first full year or even rookie ball, yeah. how much you struggle to, to get them used to that. There seems less of that than, than there used to be. You know, there were probably a lot of guys struggling when, when you came. With, you talk about how you wouldn't have been drafted. You, you may have been left behind a little bit, you know, with question, some of these guys. Now, I struggle because
3: of lack of ability. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, you know, but this game isn't a game of struggle. It's a game of failure, and you have to be able to bounce back from it. I mean, obviously these kids, like I said, were a little, a little further advanced than, than maybe years ago, but they're still going to have periods when they struggle, and um, it's, it's dealing with that struggle is what separates the good players from the great players.
2: Now, you got involved, you know, sort of directly with the draft. You were spotted at a couple of college tournaments and things yeah. like that. How much fun was that running around and, and sort of helping in the evaluation process as you were getting ready for, for last year's draft? Yeah,
3: it was interesting. You know, I hadn't been to too many college baseball games throughout my life, so it was it was fun for me, a fun experience. to go around and actually see some of the top players in the country, and, um, you know, fortunately we were able to see our top pick a lot of success in the game that we went to. But uh, it's good. So now you can have a, sort of a barometer of... Uh, different talent levels when you're evaluating a high school player, a college player. You know, there are differences. Obviously, college players are a little bit more advanced, but uh, it was a fun experience. for me.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of people who think that that's why he took J.J. right? He went off in front of you so that you made sure that they took that yeah, no, him. They- <laughs> I wish
3: it was that easy. No, <laughs> we have a, a great scouting department that spent a lot of time uh, I mean, you, you talk about guys that go out and they're scouting now for next year's draft. So, no, it, it was more than just one day's performance.
2: Well, speaking of which, I know you're here mostly to sort of impart wisdom and be with these kids, but are you going to be keeping an eye on? I and mean, chances are you're probably going to have a pretty high picking in next year, so you, you can get some advanced scouting done yourself here uh, today. I don't know how to take that statement right there. So, yeah, you know, I mean, just, just that's the, that's the re- It's the reality of the situation. I know, I just, you're rebuilding. Come of on. The situation. <laughs> I
3: mean, I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer that question right there. But, no, it's just getting an opportunity to take a look at you have some of the top high school players in the country here. So um, it's good when, when our scouts are talking to I and mean, our evaluators are talking about the players to know that I've actually seen them.
2: Last question for you. You, know, you talked a little bit to the kids about sort of wanting the challenge of, of owning a team. What, what's been the, the toughest challenge you faced? Maybe something that you know you did a lot of research and, and, and learning heading into it that maybe you, you, you weren't quite ready for that you're, you're, you're now sort of adjusting to.
3: Well, there's a lot of things you aren't ready for. Look, I've, I've talked to, to owners in all different sports, and they say regardless of what business you come through, there's an adjustment period, and there's a learning process, learning curve, and uh, we continue to learn. But I think for us, our, our biggest obstacle that we have is repairing a relationship with the Miami community. We spend an awful lot of time doing that, and uh, you know, we still have a long way to go. Right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem.